You're listening to Back to the Light with J.D. Rieger. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Back to the Light. I am J.D. Rieger. This week on the show, I'm going to share a couple of conversations we taped at Midtown Con, which was a really fun event we were a part of a couple of weeks ago here in Memphis. Before we do that, I want to mention that we'll also be a part of Sound and Vision, which is a benefit for recovery causes at Black Lodge on Saturday, April 30th, featuring the Grifters, Catholic School, So Gung Ho, and Mama Honey. Hope to see you there. My first guest from Midtown Con is Josh McLean, who, in addition to being the drummer of Heels, who you hopefully just heard in last week's episode, is also a sandwich chef of growing fame at South Point Grocery and a talented stand-up comedian who actually performed at Midtown Con. So let's hear a short clip of his set and then my conversation with my good friend Joshua McLean. So man, how was your set? Man, it was a set. It wasn't. It wasn't awful. Uh, in, in a perfect world, you have just played it, so people at home know exactly how bad it went. <laughs> we'll at least play some of it. I, for I'll, sure, we'll, we'll have to listen back to see how much we got. It's, a, it, 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 it's the first one where you could play all of it anywhere. That's maybe the first set of first or second set I've ever done with no, uh, not so much no cussing. I actually I actually try and practice that every now and then because that's easy. But uh, the uh, uh, no. Uh, I really put it this way. The other day, I realized every one of my closers is either a school shooting, uh, me coming on a cop's face, or my grandmother pulling a gun on a random person. So, uh, yeah, I didn't get to do any of those here today. Well, you definitely figured it out, man. Oh, um, yeah. You start playing to the parents. You, pay, you start playing to the nine people that are here that are paying attention. Not here. There's pack, it's packed in here. Uh, 
I know you got to go, but uh, I want to talk to you about the sandwich shop, man. Yeah, yeah. What about it? I mean, it's going like gangbusters. Yeah, it's doing pretty well. I got, I'm got. i very lucky and have a really, really good crew. That's why. I mean, my menu's fine, but like the reason that people are coming back all the time is because we spent some time and hired some really good people. I'm very, very lucky because I only work three days a week, dude. Tell me how this whole thing came about. Uh, so I was pretty much in retirement. I was working a couple days a week just to get me out the house over at Little Italy while Kara was pregnant, so we had some money coming in, a little bit of money coming in other than hers. Uh, and uh, and then I got a call from uh, Garrett, uh, and uh, uh, Garrett, my old bass player in uh, Ombres, and uh, he works for the company uh, that I'm blanking on in the moment, the company I work for. <laughs> I'm so tired, man. <laughs> the James Corporation. Uh, he, and... Uh, uh, Taylor, his right-hand man who I've known, gave me a holler, and they wanted to open a sandwich place in their new grocery store downtown, and uh, they wanted something a little different, and uh, they got exactly what they wanted because they were looking for, in the end, uh, originally I had no rules. I could do literally whatever I wanted. If we need to get stuff from other places, that was fine. That didn't interest me in any way, shape, or form, and they were all like, we want you to be the face. We want you to do the thing. We want you to make it the sandwich. We want you to be the face like you were at the high tone. I told them, not on your life. Not on your life. I did not want to do that. I've done it at the time. It almost cost me my marriage. The reason I stopped working, the high, I stopped doing the high tone is I hadn't seen my wife in two years. And uh, I loved it, but it wasn't worth it. So uh, uh, It still seems like you're the face. I oh, mean, yeah. Well, no. Yeah, but face, they meant me being, being my place, being in control of it all the time, me managing oh, right. every aspect of it. And I, wasn't, I didn't want to do anything like that. So I was like, I'll tell you what. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you a menu. I'll, I'll, well, I'll buy all the equipment. I'll train all the employees. We'll hire the employees. And you'll hire me as a prep cook. Because that's all I've ever wanted is a prep cook job. So uh, I go in three days a week because I have a special needs son. I'm a stay-at-home dad more than anything else. And now I'm taking care of my mom, too. So I only work three days a week. And what, what started off as me figuring out the easiest way to get a job is now turned into, if I hadn't have done that, I would have to quit this job right now. Because of all the extra responsibilities in my life that I have to do right now. And because the family has to come first. Well, it's amazing that it worked out this oh, it's, way. Oh, it's, it's insane that it has. And, I mean, we, we're, I don't like to use the term successful because we've only been open three months. But, like... We get a lunch rush every day, and we get repeat customers. And so by the numbers, that's exactly what needs to happen. And I'm very, very lucky to have the crew that I do that, that does it. And Taylor and Mr. James, the guy who owned the place, and Malcolm, the guys who are the managers. We have, we have one rule at the sandwich shop. If we make them money, they leave us alone. And so That's a good rule. That, that's all we do. We work really hard to make sure that, everyone's, that we have no hiccups on our end. So they leave us alone, and we can do whatever we want. And, and because we have, we have that and we have a good... Uh, uh, back and forth with the boar's head people who we do all our meat through, we've got a deal to where when we find out something's going to go in like, uh, let's say a month, where it, which in the big scheme of things is closer than you want it to be, that's when we just start making special sandwiches out of stuff. So now I can either I pick one or I get my employees to just come up with something. To where you, they're all creative. They're all cool. So now we have like the nine sandwiches that are on the menu, but every week there's at least two or three rando specials that'll only be there for like right now we're doing a double dog hot dog. That's just because we needed to get rid of some hot dogs in a month, and I wanted to beat the gun, and now it's turned into this holy crap great sandwich that we may have to start making. So it's just weird how that works. How did you get the menu? Some of those sandwiches were on the high tone menu, Most, right? About, about two-thirds of them were, were, at least they were specials at the high tone. Like the heels, I created the high tone. and uh, uh, But all the rest of them were specials here. Or the care package used to be the Kara. And, uh, uh, but those two, those two are the only ones that were specifically, but all the rest of them were all specials that I had done at one point. Yeah, so I had all kinds of time to test them out and retest them and retest them and retest them. So when I showed them up here, they were pretty much good to go. But even now, I still I take lots of notes from my employees since they're there all the time talking to customers. If a customer, if like like I say, if like 15 customers say this sandwich needs more or less of something, we should take that under consideration and add a little or subtract a little because that's who's paying for it. You know yeah. what I mean? 
it's cool that you give your employees the freedom to create stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what's the point of like, I don't, I absolutely loathe bosses that are all like, I want you to like me, but there's an in-between that and I want you to let you know that you're appreciated. Like I, I was fortunate and unfortunate to work for a bunch of bosses that did not show that in any way, shape or form, even if they thought that. I would find out way too late, and then you end up feeling like you're getting used, or uh, uh, I don't know, who doesn't like feeling appreciated, you know what I mean? And how do so many bosses not get that? Well, I mean, it's when you, well, when you, when you work on the outer rim of stuff, and they don't have to do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've worked for some, I've worked for characters. And and with those characters comes I have too. Ups and downs. I know in you the, have, you in know the record you know, store you know, business, you know, I've met exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Mike Glenn was one of the best bosses I've ever had. It was taught me loyalty, uh, taught me my work ethic, taught me how to never take any crap from anybody. But it was also one of the hardest guys on the planet to make happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when you randomly did, it was like nothing. It was like nothing else. I think it's that you way know? with any small business where like someone's livelihood is on. Oh yeah, when they've built it up, literally with the the rarity that you get nowadays, where someone's actually built it up from nothing by themselves, not with a check from their dad or anything like that. But they've yeah. literally scraped and bled, blah blah blah. It's a lot years. more personal. It's so much personal. You know what I mean? That's you know that's like working with Matt at the PH was the same thing. Like they have some crazy times because we partied and that kind of stuff. But there was never not a sense of we're doing this because this is what we do. So we don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Which is what, like this job, I made a point of going after employees that have all worked at either nighttime gigs or corporate gigs for a long time because I set up this job to be easy. You know what I mean? Like, I do most of the work. They do all the work as far as making sandwiches and get them heated, but I do all, all the prep. So I have it to where it's like, not unlike Subway where everything's ready. There's no cooking. We're not cooking eggs or anything during shift. So it's easy. And I like, I like rewarding people that have worked their ass off at shitty jobs, not being not gotten anything for years to where and now we finally have a job like what I have that we have that you can pay a decent rate. You know, I'm very lucky to work for somebody who actually pays people. We don't do tips because everyone gets paid a good wage. I've never had a service job like that. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it's different. So but it's it's something else. It's pretty cool though. Well, I know you gotta go, but before you do, uh, what's what's going on with heels? I know I just had you at the green room uh, a few weeks ago. I was gonna say we just played this really awesome show at the green room. Uh, that actually turned out to be one of our best sets uh, in a while, and uh, getting to see Alicia solo is something I will never forget. That was her first like, ever I did, solo I had no, show. I, I had no idea in that because you, you think Alicia, you're like, oh, this is what she does when she doesn't have a band. You know what I mean? She just plays out solo. Never would have thought until she said it on stage that she didn't do that all the time like that was that was just that was just great and seeing everybody kill that night jeff especially i always forget because jeff's just the nicest person i've ever met in my life he's just a sweetheart and you forget that like jeff has this unbelievable dark jeff's got this deep deep dark side buried deep in him that only comes out when he sings and you hear it the whole time it is haunting in the most beautiful way but it's all like i love when finding i'm remembering that people are like whole people not just that thing you've put on them, the label or whatever it is you put on them. Yeah. Jeff's really coming to his own as a songwriter, yeah. oh, not for just sure. the guy who plays drums in Snow Globe. Exactly. See, I and I totally forgot until somebody told me earlier that he was the drummer in Snow Globe. I totally thought he was like one of the chief songwriters or whatnot. But he yeah. still could be as a drummer, as I am in heels. But uh, we recorded a record last fall that we're going to put out later this year called uh, Pop Songs for a Dying Planet that we recorded with Toby and Pete over at uh, High Low Recordings, I think is what they're going by now. And uh, it turned out amazing. I mean, I'd give anything to put it out right in a second, but it, we spent so much money and so much time. Well, not so much money, but, like, we, we really worked on this one more. We got our money. We spent a lot of money on it, but we got whatever we paid for, we got double that out of it with the amount of effort we put into it. It's the first record we've ever made where it's 100% just us. <laughs> like, last record, uh, 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 one of our buddies played bass. 
Uh, and uh, before that, little people have done extra stuff. But because because everybody bailed last minute, uh, nothing against them or anything, because everybody had to bail and because we had to be careful who's picking because we could because I've got a kid, special needs kid, so we couldn't have anybody who's going out and doing all that kind of crap. Brennan did all the bass, so it cost us an entire damn day of recording. But it sounds amazing. And, you know, it's, it turned out really, really well to be out on Altercation Records later this year. Awesome. Do you, you don't know when yet? No, no, not when yet. We haven't gotten the... Uh, because life has been so hectic and stuff like that, we've kind of just eased a little bit. Because I don't want to do it until we can start touring, touring. And until my son gets vaccinated, we can't tour. Right. You know, so it, it, it's like I'm not putting out a record we can't tour on. There's kind of no, you know, I'm not I'm not that rich. Boy, <laughs> God, can you imagine be having enough money where you could, like, put out a record without having to worry about, not even recouping it, but getting it out to everybody without touring? Well, you're talking to a person who will probably not do a ton of touring for his new record. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. It's, a, it's a different mindset. I've never, I just can't. I, I, I can't wrap my head around the idea of, of doing it. Well, maybe not, maybe because we're not putting out. If we were putting it out ourselves, it'd be different because we talked about doing that over Christmas, just putting it out and just playing catch as catch can. But uh, since the label still wants to put this one out, like, well, we're employees, so we have to, yeah. we should give our, our best effort for that goes as far as that goes. Well, it's cool that you've got a setup that seems like you could, the sandwich shop will yeah. run whether you're here or not. That was the, well, the original idea for me working three days a week was so we could go on the road. Yeah. And now it's, now it's working out in a whole bunch of other ways. Well, yeah. I'm happy things are looking up for you, man. Professionally. Everything's working well. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. A friend of mine came up. I'm going through a bunch of family stuff without getting into too much detail, and a friend of mine heard about it and came to my work, and I was outside getting a cigarette. He showed up, walked around my job until he saw me walk outside, then walked up, gave me a huge hug, huge enough where I started crying, and then palmed me a bag of uh, some pills. So it's like the best way you could tell me. I got your back. He just handed me some pills. He goes, Josh, I know you got everything under control. Uh, this, I know you haven't slept in like a month. Go to sleep. And I was like, muscle relaxers, I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, that's a friend indeed. A friend indeed is palms and pills in my hand. Yes, that's how the rhyme goes, if I remember correctly. <laughs> love you, buddy. Thank you, Josh. Yep. And Thank I got you your back, too. You know, man. Up next is the band leader of the Angel Sluts and the Switchblade Kid, the head of Five and Dime Recording and the founder of Midtown Con, Mr. Harry Kanitziotis. Jack, Jack. Oh, my, my favorite microphone, the uh, Beta 57. Indeed. Heck, heck yeah. Heck Studio yeah. man knows his microphone. I know, I know. I keep meaning to get one of those Sure SM7s, right? That yeah, is an SM7. there you go. There you go. It gives my voice that buttery smooth. That buttery, well, that's why I wanted to get one. I like to go with the RE20, you know, that, that smooth sound. Yeah. They're it, both great mics. I have one of each. Yeah, the, the, the Popo platter of microphones, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we're getting yeah. towards the end of the day here at Midtown yeah. Con. This has been a pretty amazing success, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm really happy the way it's turned out. And uh, oddly enough, I would say from a, a music standpoint of booking bands, booking a con was way easier than booking three bands. Just uh, <laughs> Well, you got to charge yeah. half of the audience yeah, to come down and hang out here. <laughs> That's quite a scam, actually, now uh, that yeah, I think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, is it any more than a scam than anything else is a scam? No, you know, no. But this is a great thing and a great use of the space of Black Lodge here. Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, before I moved here, uh, well, when I moved here in 02, everyone talked about, like, all these stores that had, like, comic book records combo stores and like that was kind of gone by the time I moved here. Memphis Comics and Records. Record, yeah and yeah. a lot of people talked about how like that was just like a cool thing and whenever I talked to other people around the country they were like oh I've never heard of any cities that had one yet alone multiple stores that sold comic books and records and I just thought well, that's kind of an interesting business model that might need to make a comeback 
And then, plus, working at Night at One Comics and being right next to Garner, people come all the time with Garner Records bags, and I ask them what, what they bought, and then they tell me, same thing, people come in with Night at One Comics bags all the time. So there's definitely a kind of a cross-pollination going on with all that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, I think in high fidelity they call them fetish properties. <laughs> well, I think it's the uh, people just want to collect stuff. People want to buy stuff, and they they want to accumulate it, and they want to have the entire run. They want to have all the albums. They want to have you know they want to have multiple copies. You know, and it actually is kind of hilarious when I was going through records. I pulled out some multiple copies of things that I have, and I'm like. Yeah, you know what? I I need two copies of David Bowie Low. Why? Why? I can't just have one. I gotta have two. You know, gotta have a backup. Gotta have a backup in case something goes down. So, how did you find all these vendors? I mean, obviously, I know some of them have are are, you know, are of, well known stores in Memphis, but some of these seem to be private dealers. Yeah, a lot of them are people just from networking that I've met over the years, and I really wanted to kind of put the focus on the collectors at this con. Uh, mostly, it's like people thinning the herd of their collections. Um, and so I kind of felt like that was more of a like an angle to go for, um, with because everyone kind of like ends up buying too much at one point or another, or they turn around one day. I've been buying records or comics or whatever for ten years, and oh my god, there's I've got a ton of them, and I need to get rid of some of them. Sure, or you buy a whole collection just to get part of it. Right, exactly. You buy exactly. You buy you you buy a hundred copy a hundred records to, to get one, and then you sell the other ninety nine. Sure, you know. So uh, yeah, I just kind of felt like it kind of like really rolled together like that, and I've 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 made some new friends. I've met some new people. There are some people who I did not know personally um, that kind of applied, and it has worked out great. So cool. And you guys have been selling a lot of stuff at your little. You've got uh, quite yeah. an island over there. Yeah, yeah. I kind of didn't really expect it to be like that, but it's like yeah, I've got a whole five and dime recording island that we're selling comics, toys, and records, and. Uh, and production recording skills, I guess. You know, maybe next year I should like set up to like, okay, bring your band to, and you can cut a song. Yeah, yeah you could do like uh, a Jack song. White style yeah. mobile recording. Right, thing. right. Um, but yeah, and then uh, we got the you know Wayback Toys, we got Nutstone Ninja, the 901 Comics, and games set up over there. Yeah, this has just been a really fun day and an impressive undertaking. How long has this been in the works? Well, I wanted to do it originally. It was planned in 2000, 2000 oh, sorry, two, sorry, 2020, but because of lockdown, we got shut down. So there was probably about three months of planning for it back then. And then when I came back to it, a lot of the work had already been done. So it probably the last couple of months ended up working on it. So, but, but like I said, like, like a lot of it was already done. Like, like all the graphic design flyer stuff was already done. The Facebook page, all that kind of stuff. Just had to get the new date on just there. Just had to get a new date, and then just reach out to vendors because that was like that was kind of the sad part at first in twenty in twenty twenty was that you know I had booked all the vendors and everybody was dying to do it, and then it was like, well, lockdown, we can't do it, you know. Sure. And so it was good to see a lot of the same vendors come back who wanted to do it two years later. Were you at all worried about what? I don't even remember what. What's the new strain that everyone's worried about with the COVID? Uh, I don't even there's there is a new one coming out, but I don't remember what it's called. Well, thank, I think you timed it just right, like in between that's, strains. That's what I was thinking too, because that was the other thing was that you know I was asked to do it at 21, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do it because it's probably gonna have to get canceled again. Yeah. And so then this time it was or you'd like have to do such crazy like you know number, number restrictions, restrictions. And, you know masking and right everything. Yeah. And so yeah, I do kind of feel like you know like okay, we planted it at a good time because there is a down because there was a downswing in Memphis. I mean, or actually, obviously, 
you know, January and February, they were like very high numbers. Yeah. And uh, they're low right now, and I'm hoping this doesn't contribute to them, you know, going yeah, back knock up. Yeah, on wood. You know. What are you but, up to musically? Anything in the studio? Anything uh, with yourself, yes. with your band? Actually, actually, hilariously enough, I've just upgraded a uh, recording system, bought a new computer, new interface. Oh, wow. And so I'm all excited to get that. That, that oddly enough, it's all supposed to be arriving today, but because I'm here, you know, FedEx not going to sign for it, so i got to wait till Monday to right. get it. So I'm super stoked about that. Um, I just wrapped up a record with a guy named uh, uh, Peric Vic. Sounds great. Uh, working on Spacer's record, working on Indigo Child's record. Um, there's, I, I, you know, uh, there's a new Switchblade Kid record that's coming out. And, of course, dealing with that, the pressing issue that we're all in right now of dealing yeah. with record I'm pressing. I'm still waiting on mine. Yeah, so I'm Same kind of... Same since last time we talked. Yeah, so I'm kind of, like, going to deal with... I talked to my lacquer cutter last week, and we're going to have plans to make conversation this week and kind of, like, hopefully work something out to where we can get it, get it put out by somebody. Because most plans aren't even taking new submissions right now. Yeah. Um, and then on uh, April 23rd, I'll be doing the Cooper Young Porch Fest. And so I'll have a bunch of bands playing. I'm having um, uh, Spacer, Low Psychosis, uh, Ben Abney and the Hurts, uh, Maddie Codwell, and Perrick Vic. Wow. Um, I eh, might make a Switchblade Kid appearance. I don't know. You know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Right on. Yeah, I'll be playing on Felix also for uh, Cooper Young Porch oh. Fest. But... I'll uh, I'll probably pop down and see some of the hell stuff at yeah. your house. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! What what address do you know? I think I'm at 1950. Oh, so you're right down the street. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Supposedly they have uh, 40 houses and 80 bands, but then I was like, okay, but I got six of them. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like maybe need to spread it out a little bit more. You know? It's just me and Jeff Hewlett at this place. I'm okay. At. Yeah. Yeah. I was told last year that there were some houses that had like five bands and some houses that had one band. So I'm sure it'll be kind of a little bit like that. Yeah, this is my first time doing it. So, but yeah. I'm excited. It seemed like a really cool thing. Yeah, like observing, you know, seeing all the posts about it from Chicago, I was super jealous. Yeah, I actually missed it last year because, well, I was already doing port shows, and I think we had had a port show like a week or two before that, and I was uh, I was just working anyway. Yeah. So that day, so it was kind of wild to be at the comic shop and see people kind of coming in and out. Going, going to it. So it sounded like it was a great event, and it looks like it was a great event. Yeah. So hopefully this year is going to be, you know, double awesome. So. Yeah. Well, Harry, congratulations on Midtown Con. This was a hoot. I'm sure you're going to do it again, yeah? Yeah, we're planning to do it once a year at this point, even though they're trying to, try, trying to talk me into doing a Halloween one. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That's what happens you know. when something goes well. They try to get you to do it again. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I, I get the Halloween aspect of the costume contest, so maybe we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But hopefully next year will be bigger and better. I'm I'm trying to track down uh, uh, Memphis actress, actress Laura Parker, who played Angelique on the dark shadows on dark oh, shadows back in the 60s okay she lives part-time in memphis and part-time in la so uh if, if anybody hears this who knows laura parker <laughs> tell her i'm looking for her i would love to have her make an appearance i was actually wondering if you were going to try to bring in some celebrities for this maybe next year yeah next year i was trying to kind of keep it uh low-key this year because you don't really never know what you're going to expect the bring first in time some around wrestlers man yeah, the wrestlers are always... Actually, I had a uh, Macho Man Randy Savage impersonator 
uh, contact me. But he lives all the way in Vegas, so just it wasn't gonna work out yeah, the yeah. first year. But he's does a pretty good, but pretty good Macho Man in per- Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, his uh, um, uh, which is oh God, what's, I can't remember his name on it on the on the line is, but it's like uh, Ma- it's not Macho Man, Nacho Man, or I can't remember what it is. But like his stuff is great. He does a podcast thing, and like he's like, like oh man, he does great. Cool. He does great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll see you next year. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you, Harry. That's the show. Thank you to Josh and Harry. Thank you to engineer Eric Wilson. Thank you to Arthur with two H's for the opening theme. Thank you to Joey Pegram for the closing theme. Thank you for listening. For music, news, episode archives, and other fine podcasts, visit backtothelight.net. And until next time, take care, y'all. Part of the Back to the Light podcast network at backtothelight.net.